Hello, and welcome to the Profitable Practice Podcast with me, Andrea Maxim, naturopathic doctor turned healthpreneur. And every week, I'm bringing you no-nonsense, no-BS, actionable strategies to create a practice that is not only profitable, but fully sustainable by you. If you're an action taker like me and want to create a practice that is profitable, then you've come to the right place. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Profitable Practice Podcast. I am, of course, your hostess with the mostest, Dr. Andrea Maxim. And today's show was another one of those interviews that just flew by and I was completely enthralled in the conversation I was having with Mike and I just had such a phenomenal time and it was on a really, really important topic. I had just spent the entire weekend listening and watching this um, Teachable Online Summit. Teachable is a um, monthly slash annual online course platform that you can buy that allows you to make your own courses and they had 40 speakers that came on and were pre-recorded their workshops and then they had a webinar every single day that of course was used to sell the professional membership of the course but what continuously kept coming up on these calls and I recorded all of them because I love them so much was a lot about copywriting and a lot about writing from this place that really engages your audience and talking to the people that you want to come into your office it's that person that that patient that you've had where you could just shoot the shit with them and drink coffee with them for the entire visit and still accomplish what you want to accomplish and still have fun and you know laugh and it's we all have those experiences we all have those patients where we connect with them on such a calm cool and collected level that you just want to see more and more of those people coming in and writing is one of those great ways that you can engage with those people And so I wanted to bring Michael on to talk about copywriting. He has been featured in the Huffington Post multiple times, um, and he has really created this very big, thriving clinic um, just by using his blogs and emails and copywriting skills. And this is something that I think everybody should listen to because You all know me. You all know that I keep saying blogging is so not my thing and I hate writing. And for the most part, I'm really good at writing my emails and that's about it. I'm not going to write long blogs or anything like that. But after the end of this call, I was like, man, you know what? I could totally do this. I could totally write a blog post to that amazing patient that I connect with and just keep writing to her. And of course, birds of a feather flock together, as we all know. So If she has friends that are just like her, she's going to share that podcast or that, um, excuse me, that blog post with her friends. Um, So anyways, I really wanted to share this with you because as I said, with that Teachable Summit that I've been listening to, it's been all about the copywriting, but then 
when I listen to them further, when I download their free giveaways, it was very, very sort of two-dimensional. It was, you know, a quick checklist of making sure that your grammar is all good and making sure that you have, you know, funny things in your parentheses and you're using different fonts. But it really didn't get down to the emotional side of writing like Mike did today. So definitely, definitely pay attention to that. Before we get to the interview, uh, just a word from our sponsor, the sponsor of course is my seven-day detox program and this was something that I created with you in mind it's something that I implement in my practice every single day with at least almost every single new patient if not as they become a patient later on because it is such a great way to reset their mindset around food to reset their gut to heal it really quickly to identify food sensitivities and give them tremendous results in seven days time so that's at maximizebusiness.ca forward slash seven the number seven day detox program dot com you can check it out there but without further ado let's hop on my interview with mike Great. Hi, Mike. Welcome to the Profitable Practice Podcast. Please give everyone a quick introduction on who you are, where you practice from, and sort of what brought you onto the show today. Hi. Yeah. So uh, my name is Michael Stanclift. I'm a naturopathic doctor practicing in Carlsbad, California. Um, I am really, really fascinated by the mind-body connection. And so that's a big part of my practice, um, and I'm always trying to bring that in with my patients. Um, I like to do a lot of writing so that patients understand kind of that mind-body connection. Um, and so when they, when they can see it in that way, um, that's something that really helps me to kind of persuade and convince them. So I work with a lot of like entrepreneurs, um, parents, and retired people, and they all have this kind of common theme that they love being inspired and they like to inspire others. And so that's, um, that's a big part of my practice. And the main reason why we needed you on the show today is because you kill your copywriting, yes? Um, some people say so. <laughs> I've had uh, a couple Enough of my writings do. go very <laughs> viral and... Um, it, it's really, really rewarding when you watch something that you wrote um, go viral and just spread around the internet. Yeah. And I think a lot of us have no idea how to write to people. We hear about copy, 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 this, that, or the other thing. And I think you and I can both agree that you can write, you know, pages and pages of information. And if it doesn't resonate with someone, if it's not connecting with someone, it really serves no purpose. So I would love to kind of get your kind of journey on how you got really good at writing your copy so that, you know, you have that really authentic personal stance, but you're actually getting the rewards back from it. So how did it kind of all come about? Right. And I'm going to need you to, to help me stay on track here because um, the nice thing about writing is it's a one-way thing. You can take as much time as you want but when you're talking with someone, I can get really verbose, so keep me on track here. I take notes, uh, so we're good. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Um, so yeah, this all got started um, just when I was out of school. Um, I moved over to Scotland to live with my wife. Uh, she was doing a veterinary degree there, and so I was going through the whole visa process, and it takes a lot of time. So I couldn't really like work and make money uh, while I was in Scotland. So 
you know, during this kind of time, I met with a friend at a coffee shop and they said, hey, my brother works at the Huffington Post. They're always looking for new writers. Um, it's really easy to submit a writing sample. Why don't you do that? Um, and I had been writing like some like kind of personal blog stuff as I was in medical school. So they knew that I liked to write. Um, so that's what I did. I just I got in touch with the Huffington Post. I said, you know, what does it take to write for you? This is what I do. This is who I am. Um, and they said, yeah, that sounds kind of interesting, but really what we're more interested in is why don't you give us a piece of content and we'll have a look. Uh, so my first article with them was about mindful air travel because I was like doing all of these like trips and I would, um, you know, sit next to people and I'd talk to them and just these cool, incredible experiences and I'm on the long flight. So I'd meditate during then. Um, so, you know, it was like, taking my personal experience and putting it into words and making it something that was really valuable for somebody else was something that I wanted to really share out there. And that's like the key um, thing that you always, always, always want to keep in mind when you're writing is, is this really valuable to the reader? Um, so I wrote the mindful air travel trip uh, or tips um, I, you know, hit submit. I had no idea what this process was going to look like or what was going to happen at all. And, um, they send me an email the next day and they say, you know, you've been published and here's a link. And you, I mean, I didn't have any idea what that meant. Um, so I clicked the link and I go, oh yeah, there it is. And then I realized that they had given it a really prominent spot on the page and they find, you know, when you go through um, somebody like the Huffington Post, a lot of times they'll find a picture for you to help. Emphasize, your, yeah. Exactly, to help you get attention. So they put it at the top of the Healthy Living page, which wow. had like hundreds of thousands of readers. So I was showing up on people's Facebook feeds and, um, you know, when they would go to the health, the Healthy Living page, they would find these mindful air travel tips. So people start reading it, they start sending it. Um, and you know, one thing I did there, I think I, I shaved it down to like, here are five things. Sometimes people like it where it's encapsulated and it's swallowable. Yes. You know, you, the capsule's this big and can you swallow that? And they go, no, 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 no. And you go, okay, well, how about if it's this big? Right. Better. Um, so that's how it all started off. And, you know, I got a little bit of attention and I would write articles. So like when you're working with the Huffington Post, they just give you a green light and they're like, yeah, write whatever you like. Um, but because it's like the, not the New York times and you're not competing for real estate on a page that's limited, um, they'll just take, you know, if they think your writing's okay, they'll just take anybody and go ahead and write all you want. If you're a one hit wonder, that's fine. And if you, um, you know, if you're constantly getting hits, then we're just going to put your stuff and feature it. Mm -hmm. uh, so I would write stuff and sometimes it would just get buried. They give you a link of like, here's where your stuff is. Good luck if anyone's ever going to find it. <laughs> yeah. uh, that happens a lot. And, you know, as you're, as you're writing um, and as you're creating content, any kind of creative work, you're going to create a lot of stuff that's just not going to find the audience that, that you hope. Um, but it was actually my most popular article had at one point, and I haven't checked it in a while, but it had something like 14,000 shares or something ridiculous, which was really, really high. And, mm -hmm. you know, on the, on the Healthy Living page, you know, Andrew Weil writes there mm -hmm. and uh, Dr. Katz writes there, Dr. Oz is there, all of the kind of bigger names, Deepak Chopra. Um, and, you know, I 
when I got this, I was like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. I'm watching it go up and up and up. Um, and I'm like, is this normal? Is this, does this happen? Um, and I looked at theirs and I was like, wow, I'm actually getting a lot of shares. This is a lot of shares for something on yes. this page. Um, and it was an article I didn't want to write. Um, my, it, it came from a very real world kind of thing and it didn't just come like from my brain. It came from my dad. My dad, um, asked, Hey, you know, I don't know how to explain what you do to people really. <laughs> so can you explain what a naturopathic doctor is? Cause nobody really gets it. Um, so I thought, uh, yeah, dad, he's like, you should write it for the Huffington Post. I think a lot of people will read it. And I said, I don't really think a lot of people will read it. Um, but I've got time on my hands, so I will. Um, so I wrote it, and it was really super boring. It was like really, really bland um, when I read through it. It's very informational, and that's one thing, you know, when you're writing out there, you don't want to be informational. Don't be a reporter, because there's better reporters than you. What you want to do is write something that's so valuable, because you're the only person that can tell that story. Yeah. A person that can tell it the way that you're telling it and so uh, I you know I was like okay this is super boring I'm going to make it I'm gonna spice it up and I'm gonna put stuff in here I'm gonna make fun of myself because that's the first thing as an ND like somebody's gonna go and poke at you yeah. and go you're not a real doctor because you didn't you don't have an MD or a DO after your name so you're not a real doctor and so, you know, right away in the article, I kind of uh, allude to like a Seinfeld episode where there's like this crazy, like holistic healer. And, you know, and I kind of acknowledge that that's the gap that we're trying to jump yes. over. Yes. Um, and so, you know, you always want to also kind of like, you want to get into your readers and make it meaningful and have some emotion in there. If you have emotion, you have a message. And it's usually and, memorable. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I find by you elaborating and making it unique and putting that spin on it and making it entertaining, I feel like it sticks too. So people will say, oh, did you see that article on the Huffington Post about that crazy witchcraft naturopath? But he actually exactly. made it sound legit. Like, <laughs> Exactly. Uh -huh. That's the thing is, you know, our memory is tied to our, our limbic system. So the hippocampus is like it's surrounded by the amygdala. So if you're gonna feel emotions, it's actually gonna be memorable. And that's what you wanna do, is you want to put out emotion. You want your reader to feel something. Now you as the writer, you should be feeling stuff too as you're going through here. And there's a lot of fear before you, before you publish something. Mm -hmm. um, and if you don't have a lot of fear, if you read through your, your article and you go, yes, this is very well written, it's very solid, then you've probably written a good article for a medical journal, but probably nobody wants to read it um, and then come see you as your doctor. Mm -hmm. So um, that's you know one of the things that I really want people to take home is this is going to feel really uncomfortable and really vulnerable. If you get enough readers, uh, which is hard to do, it's hard to get enough readers, but if you do get enough readers, you're going to get some critics. And when you read their comments, that stuff is going to dig into your brain and it's going to be a new challenge for for you to yes. um, kind of overcome and to deal with and but it's really cool I mean when you see like oh my gosh my article got these you know 20 people are going nuts about it well first of all I'm excited because 20 people that you know those are 20 people I've never met right. and they're going nuts 
Um, so I really, I've struck a chord in there. So I have like something valuable. It's like some kind of art, right? Like some kind of art just makes you go, oh, mm-hmm. and it's like, that's good. Mm-hmm. Because you know what? There was thousands of other people that loved it and that shared it and that put it on their website. And, um, you know, when you, when you create something that's, that's valuable and that people like, um, they'll just instinctively want to share it. Can I stop you right there and ask you a question? It's so funny that you're bringing up that point about the trolls and the the naysayers because I was actually reflecting on that at lunchtime today and I was thinking, you know, a lot of us are trying to hit it big. Like we see all these people that are hitting it big online and on video and on TV and, and in our own community as naturopaths and we all want to be there. But there are certain sacrifices that have to be made to get that level of status. And I think that's something that we should definitely touch on very briefly before we continue about how to deal with the criticism. Because as you said, writing something is an incredibly vulnerable, scary thing to put out there. And I think that's why a lot of us don't want to do Facebook Live or YouTube videos or blog because number one, we don't know what to write about because we don't think anyone's going to read it. And number two, we're scared shitless that someone's going to actually read it or watch the video and potentially say something negative about it. And I wrote a book, uh, Maximized Health, and I literally haven't read that book cover to cover since I published it. Like I just won't go back and read it because it's just one of those cathartic like vulnerable pieces that I wrote and read the chapters separately but I have not read it in its entirety so how do you work through that now that you've achieved such tremendous success and got such traction with your writing what do you do when you read those comments and how do you work through that so that it doesn't scare you away from continuing the process but it's hard to forget just like when somebody unsubscribes from your newsletter like it hurts you every time that happens and that's very small compared to somebody's words that they're writing about something you've written right you know, I'm going to go to a place that you might not expect me here. Um, my brother-in-law is a cop and he trains other cops and he does some like really dangerous stuff. He works with gangs and stuff like that in Southern California. So, um, you know, one of the things that they do in the police academy is an exercise that's called fight for your life. And they take away all of your kind of weapons and things like that. And you fight and you roll to the ground. If you want to be a cop, you've got to be able to fight. And if you want some status, you're going to have to take a hit. Mm -hmm. And you won't know what that feels like until you do. There's no way to prepare for it. If you've never been in a fight, it's hard to explain what getting punched in the face is going to feel like to somebody that hasn't been punched in the face. (laughs) (laughs) So unfortunately, it's just something that you've got to not be so afraid of because you know other people out there have been criticized and they're still writing, right? They didn't stop. Yep. So that's encouragement of like, it won't kill you. Is it gonna hurt? Heck yeah, it's gonna hurt. Um, You're gonna feel like shit. I mean, people will really dig in. They'll find your vulnerability because you've put it totally out there. Um, And it's gonna just take a little while to get through it. But you know, you're gonna realize at some point that if you got a troll, that means you had a ton of readers. Because a troll can't find you unless you've got a lot of attention. You mm-hmm. just, you won't attract them. Um, so, you know, the, the trolls are just, it comes with the territory. Yep. It's the downside. As a doctor, right, you're getting fired. 
Um, you get hired and fired all the time. You know, when a patient doesn't come back to see you, they might be firing you. I mean, just face it, they might be firing you. I mean, you might have done your job and got them so yeah. well that they don't need to come back, and that's cool when that happens. But sometimes, like, you didn't produce the transformation they wanted, and they go away. And after that happens five or ten times, you kind of go, okay, well, you know, I can't help everyone. You can't write something that everyone is going to like. And if your audience is everyone, your audience is actually no one. Right. And controversy does actually promote success, I think. When there's a negative and a positive side to something that you've written, I think that dialogue tends to spur more interest and more intrigue and I think would actually help to maybe make you even a better writer because you can see, okay, when I talk about this from my personal stance, not just, as you said, an infographic or informative stance, this is my personal take on it, and people are responding to it negative or positive, I think that is a good thing. What do you think? I think it really depends on your audience. Does your audience want controversy? Some mm. people do and some people don't. Okay. If your audience doesn't want controversy or if your message isn't controversy or doesn't want to be controversial, I don't think it's necessary. It, it's certainly a psychological trick that to get your some attention, but my writing now is really focusing on being inspirational and finding things in everyday life that spark a, a new thought, a new perspective. What I'm trying to show my patients and what I'm trying to bring into them um, is I want them to, to, to live a mindful life because I know it's going to make them happy. I know that they're going to get into a healing place if they do that. And I want to, I want to show them what that's going to look like from the inside. And I can talk all day about here's the mindfulness thing. It's really easy to do. You should do it this many minutes. Here's mm -hmm. how to do it. But if I can't show them what that result is going to be, well, who wants to hear about that anyway? Because that's going to take a lot of effort. But if you start seeing like, oh, wow, this little thing that you did, you really you really enjoyed your vacation more. You really, um, you know, you went to this family event and there was something, you know, going on that you didn't like, but you were able to find something nice that you did. And you got a lot of happiness, a lot of meaning at the end of the day. That's the valuable stuff. Now, so I don't think controversy is like necessary. Fair enough. And I don't think I was saying that it had to be there, but I was just saying when you write something and you're coming from a personal perspective, often there's people that aren't going to agree with you. And I do find that sometimes yeah. that dialogue, like the comments and someone will be like, no, and they'll be like, yeah. And then, you know, anyways, that was kind of oh, where totally. I'm coming from. But I do appreciate that because, and this is something again that I was thinking about is, I'm really thinking about with my messaging, am I getting enough of my personality across? Am I really speaking authentically with my group or am I speaking just the way that I want them to read it? Do you know what I mean? And I would right. love for you to touch on the differences between how people think they should write versus that authentic, personable touch that people actually want to read. Right. So I think most doctors and a lot of NDs as well, um, you know, especially they want to write um, and they want to be informational. Mm -hmm. They want and, to be a professional, like a medical authority. Right. And you still need to come across as a professional. But like you learned in school, a little bit of self-disclosure goes a whole long way. 
Now, if you're willing to, you know, go out there and tell everyone that you went to Las Vegas and you got totally hammered and then something great came from that, um, that they could learn from, I mean, go right ahead, but you might want to leave that part out. You might want to disclose something that's not quite so vulnerable or potentially damaging to the reputation. So you've Mm -hmm. still got to maintain that professional veneer. But what you're trying to do is to show them, look, I'm a human and I make mistakes and I have feelings and I'm really not afraid to talk about those feelings. And the other thing I think that we're really, really um, afraid of in our writing is to touch on feelings other than excitement and happiness. Yes. Uh, and that's, those, are, those are trickier subjects. I think to write on because it's harder to get somebody to want to to read them. But here's what I do: um, I put my stuff. What I've started to do, I put it in an email, and then I send out those emails every week. And so it's coming to you in the privacy of wherever you are. It's on your phone or it's on your desktop. So when you're reading that, it's really safe. Mm-hmm. to kind of go to those places and touch on it and and you know you can so you've got more um you you've got the room mm-hmm. you to experience it yeah create the room so you're going you know right to their email inbox and just saying here's this little thing you know whether it's gonna be you know um you know, a deep thought or if it's sad or whatever, and you're not putting the pressure on them to necessarily share it. And then when you put something out there that's really inspiring, maybe they will share it. What I'm really trying to get when I'm writing is I just want a little bit of your attention because the more of your attention that I have and the more that you, I create a feeling in you, then when something goes wrong with your health or when you hear somebody else, you know, and there's something wrong with their health, you go, oh, you got to go see Dr. Stanclift. He knows how you feel. Mm-hmm. Or he made me feel this way. Mm-hmm. So that's what you're trying to do. If you're just measuring your clicks and your shares and things like that, I think it's easy to get discouraged when something doesn't get a lot of clicks, doesn't get a lot of shares, doesn't get a lot of reads. I mean, that stuff's cool, but really what are you going for here? We're going to help people, right? And if we want to help them, we can build their trust by writing, by sharing a little bit about us. Now, do you predominantly still blog or do you do emails or are they linked? Like some people have their blog post in their email. What's kind of Mm -hmm. your writing style? So right now what I've been doing is um, for the last, you know, I don't know, a couple of months, what I'm trying to do is put out a blog pretty regularly. If it's a long blog, um, which I discourage from doing, like don't put out anything over about 500 words until you've really got a lot of readers. Once, you know, if you're Stephen King, you can write a book and people want to read it. Uh, (laughs) Stephen Pressfield is, he wrote a great book and the book's called Nobody Wants to Read Your Shit. (laughs) He's he's written a lot of like movies and he's done all kinds of different writing and uh, it's it's a great book for any writer. You have to read Nobody Wants to Read Your Shit. It's an easy read. Um, But so what I do is I'll write it on my blog, and then I'll paste that into my MailChimp mm-hmm. account. If it's long, it says continue reading, right. and then you go to the blog, and then I can track it, right? But yeah. If it's not long, well, I don't want to make somebody click for three sentences, so I just put it right there, 
and here it is, it's in your email, and you know what, a lot of people save them, and it, when they come in the door, when they come in, um, they wanna talk about it, and it opens up these conversations. It gets you to this deeper place, and you're already, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you've already kind of lowered their defenses right away, and that's a really good thing for getting valuable medical information and for helping them to make the change that they want to make. I so agree with that. And I still have patients that will respond and say, I needed this today, or thank you so much for sending that to me. Or, you know, I got your email last week and I'd really like to, you know, do this or do that, something that you talked on. And that's how you know that people are actually reading it and that people are getting value from it. And I had a question that I was gonna ask. um, And I've completely forgotten it, but it was along the lines of writing and how long. Oh, this was it. Do you feel that writing your emails like that morning gives more of that authentic, almost like a diary journal perspective? Or do you put a lot of thought into your writing? And the reason why I ask is this, because sometimes it sounds like when I get certain people's emails, I'll be reading it and I'm like, man, I feel like she was just writing this over coffee this morning and she just wanted to let me know how she was feeling. Where do you find like your best writing comes from? It's, it's going to be different for every piece. It's going to be totally different for every piece. Um, I do, you know, I think of it, think of it like a meal, like writing, it's living, it's fresh, right? So it's got to be fresh. You don't want to package it up and deliver it three months from now. Um, now somebody that said, you know, people are reading stuff that I wrote on the Huffington Post years ago and coming in, they said, I read this, I want you as my doctor, I'm Mm -hmm. coming in. So it's fresh for them. Um, but I, it's something that I can continue to do because it's fun for me too. Mm -hmm. It's enjoyable when I put it out. So I think of it like a meal. Some meals are like, you can prepare it in 20 minutes. Um, and some meals, they take days of preparation and marinating and all of this. So the, the big, uh, you know, the answer to that is write a lot, see what comes out. Whatever I start with is never, ever what I publish. Never. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I started this morning's email um, and I was going to write, I think, on the topic of generosity because we just had our baby shower and, um, you know, these our friends and family were so generous. And you know what? I was starting to write on it and I started to like search, are there studies about how generosity improves your health? And it was like, now I'm being a reporter. This is weird. I don't want to mm-hmm. do it. I changed it. And I wrote about, um, I wrote about this experience of of throwing rocks into the lake with my five-year-old nephew. He says, can I throw rocks into the lake? And, you know, agreeing to that, he was like, oh, what? We can throw rocks in the lake. And then, you know, I took him down there and I said, have you, have you ever seen a rock skip across water? And I showed him how to skip a rock. Um, and it was just like this incredibly powerful thing. And it just led to all these like, you know, insights on what he's learning and what mm-hmm. we're thinking about, all of that. Um, so yeah, it was really fresh. And then sometimes I'll work weeks on an article before I'm ready to publish. What you want to do is, is you want to publish just before it's perfect. When you go, this is almost there. Boom. It's ready to go. (laughs) It's ready to go. Uh, because if you, if you're trying to get it perfect, you're never going to publish. And what's important is sharing what you have inside not that it's perfect. People will know when they read it that you're a person and that 
it's not, you know, and that it, it can't be perfect, that there might be flaws, there might be mistakes, and you can build on that on your next writing. What you don't want to do is um, publish something that you haven't looked at a second draft of. <laughs> you don't want to publish off the top of your head unless you're really, really good and all of your readers um, really appreciate that point of view. I think another thing I would you know, advocate as a resource is if you aren't subscribed to Seth Godin's daily blog, you need to be. Um, he writes a blog, it comes to your email every single day, and he's a huge source of inspiration because he's talking to the world of marketing and entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. uh, but he's doing it from a very similar perspective from what I'm doing it. I just have the, the bent that I'm a doctor. And he does it in like a paragraph, isn't it? Just a snippet, like every single day, quick, 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 like quick read, move yes. on with your day, but it's like deep. And that that is... And that's that's the cool thing about writing is it might take me two and a half hours to write something that's four sentences. Mm -hmm. But when it comes out, it's a beautiful four sentences. Yeah. Right? It comes out, you read it and you go, oh, that's really nice. You cut down to the point. Yeah, I spent two and a half hours shaving that down from 1,200 words to 200 uh, and I'm doing that for you. I'm being, you know, I, I'm doing the work for you on that part. And that's what you're doing for your readers. You don't want to make them do all the drudgery um, of reading through it to get to the point. You've got to keep their attention. Stephen Pressfield talks about that in that book because he's writing movies. And to keep somebody's attention, you've got to keep ratcheting up stuff mm -hmm. until you get to the climax. So you're writing, you know, he talks about writing in kind of this classic um, three act kind of uh, play really you know and it's got to have the intro there's got to be a little bit of intrigue there right that hints at what the climax might be yeah yeah and then you're building up until you get there and once you get to the climax finish it just finish it yeah uh, so <laughs> don't keep going on you know you're done you you've you've told your story you've made your point and it's just like a joke you know as we're telling a joke you're building up to the punchline and then punchline and boom, it's over. Yeah. Don't keep going. Yeah. So <laughs> now this is the part that I'm thinking of as I'm listening to you. And I, I always try to elaborate on what people could be thinking about the same thing. So now I'm starting to hear how beautiful this is and, and how freeing it is. But I'm also hearing the time that's going into this as well. And for some people that legitimately want to write and want to get their stuff out there, you know, there is a significant time commitment to this if you want to do it well. And how do yeah. you start to incorporate that time commitment now for writing with running your practice and having a growing family? How do you start to prioritize that? Or that's just basically it. You just prioritize it. Yeah, you prioritize it. What does this mean to me? What does it mean to um, what does it mean to my practice? Um, and for me, writing is a big part of it, it's it's a part of who I am, and I've made it that way. But it's also really, really kind of profitable to think about. Now, it might not be you know making patients line up around the door, but here's what I I write about my travels. I write about 
you know, everything that I go out and do. So it starts making a lot more things business expenses. We just went to Europe. The whole trip, I mean, I wrote about every stop and all the places we went. And I'm taking the pictures and I'm putting it there. And if I want to buy a new camera to go to Europe, well, there we go. So I'm incorporating this like work-life balance in. I'm writing about it and sharing it with people. And in that way, I'm, you know, bringing down you know, my, my, uh, gross taxable income. So think about it that way. Well, you get to do the stuff you want to do. So it's really profitable. So even though it might, you know, take you, um, a bit of time to write something that you think is worthy, um, it's going to be really worth its, its weight in gold. You know, it's kind of, uh, I, I just think of it that way. And it takes time when you first get into it. Um, or if you get to these like areas where you're stuck it's going to take a lot of time. But other than that, I mean, once you get going, if you start writing a lot, it just starts coming. Sure. And now the next question that I have is, okay, so I've been writing my blog. Now I'd really like to get into some high profile gigs like you did. Now with the Huffington Post, you happen to have a connection. Not all of us do. So what are some of the steps that people can take to start to reach out to some of these online spaces and get their work published? Right. So, it didn't even matter. My that connection to the Huffington Post, he wasn't even an art, uh, an editor for that section, and he just said, "Here's the person you need to talk okay. to." Mm-hmm. I didn't even need, I didn't even need to go through that guy to get on the Huffington Post. You can go and just go to their website and click, "I want to be a writer, submit a piece." Um, so people ask me that all the time. How did you write for the Huffington <laughs> Post? I said, "You can do it too. You don't even need my contact." Um, and and I have a different contact every time that I'm going through it, a different editor will see it. Um, so if you, you know, if you want to write for Huffington Post, they're always looking for, um, new readers or, and new writers. <laughs> um, and you know, if you want to get a gig like that, I think that that's easy enough to do. Um, there will be people that will reach out and start to ask you if you want to write, um, you know, for them in some way. Um, when I was looking for a job, you know, I think it was a really attractive thing that built my resume that I had some, you know, kind of, uh, some, some attention like that. You know, I think clinic owners saw it and they thought, wow, we can actually get some attention for our business. Um, and that kind of, that got me into a little bit of a trap to be, to be fair about my writing and my writing. I just, it took a slump and. Um, there was, there was some things there that I think I would advise probably your, your listeners to, to avoid. And that's like, when you get into a contract, you want to still have some of your artistic license. Mm-hmm. So if the clinic wants to, uh, you know, they've got the reputation to, to at stake out there whenever you're writing and they're going to publish it. So, I mean, absolutely. I think they should have the yay or nay if they're going to publish or not, but unless they're really accomplished writer and you really look up to them as that, don't let them be your editor. Um, because if they're, you know, you're the one that's got the voice, you don't want them editing your voice. Um, the other thing that I learned, um, before was that, you know, when somebody knows that you're going to write, they're going to say, okay, here's what I want you to write. And here's how I want you to write it. Right. I want you to write it very salesy. And I'm like, I'm not a salesman. I'm a storyteller. I'm a storyteller. That's what I want to be. Um, so 
I was writing stuff that was like really kind of sales salesy and people were just unsubscribing left and right and our open rate was going down 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 on our emails because it was like come spend money yeah um, instead of here I gave you this really valuable thing and I'm not asking anything of you at all you know all I want actually you what 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 I am asking when I'm not telling them what I'm asking is I want their attention mm-hmm 100% that's really, really valuable, that I value their attention. Now, you gave some really great resources um, for learning how to write, like Seth Godin and um, People Don't Want to Read Your Shit Guy. What was his name again? Yeah, Stephen Pressfield. <laughs> yeah. Are there yeah. other books and resources that you have used or learned from or help you develop this beautiful way of writing? Mm, yes and no. <laughs> Read who you like to read. Mm -hmm. um, start looking at books and really pay attention to how do you feel about reading this. Now, most writers are going to be pretty good in, in the beginning. So I like to flip through a book when it's starting to build up and go, does this part still keep my attention a mm -hmm. little bit? Because mm -hmm. that's the hard part. You know, everyone can have a great opening line, but can you follow it up? Um, so I like to read whatever it is I like to read. Um, you know, I mean, I, I, I like uh, David Sedaris. I like uh, Kurt Vonnegut. Um, and what I like to do is I like to read kind of or write a little bit like I talk. Now, when I write, I think I'm a little bit more polished and because I can be, right? I have all the time in the world to yes. make it sound better. So, but it should still sound like my voice. So when patients come in the door, they don't go, who the hell writes your articles? Because it doesn't sound like you. Mm -hmm. And people will pick up on that right away. So when you're writing, it should sound like you. It shouldn't sound too informal. Um, and, you know, kind of like you're, you're, I don't know. It shouldn't sound too informal, but it, it should sound like you. Yeah. Now, for yeah. people that are kind of just getting started or they have a tremendous fear about blogging or don't even know how to start doing any of this stuff, what are some of the steps that you would encourage them to just, you know, just take action, just start doing this? Maybe just share it with people that you, you know and that you trust uh, first and try it out. You know, when when a comedian is trying out a joke, they're going to try it out amongst their friends and then they're going to try it out at a small club before they take it to some big arena and try to in front of a huge audience. Now, you're probably not going to get a huge audience right away if nobody's heard of you at all. So start with a small crowd and start with people, you know, already like you and respect you. So you can start this just with your, you know, with an email every week or every couple of weeks to your patients, or you can send it to your friends and say, Hey, what do you think? And could you give me some feedback, like mm -hmm. honest feedback and, and really take in what they're saying? Did that make sense? Do you feel like you got something from that? Mm -hmm. And you don't want to just hear like a lot of yeses. You want to hear like, well, I was kind of confused at this part. Like, what does that mean? Yeah. That's the stuff that's really valuable. Um, and if you read your, your writing out loud, it should, you know, the mistakes will come through and it's really easy to, to edit it 
And so that's also another uh, reason not to write that much because if you read it out loud and you're like, oh my gosh, I am so tired of reading this because you're going to have to read it a hundred times before you hit publish. Uh, so if you're tired of reading it after a hundred times, guess what? Your reader's tired too. So. Mm -hmm. Any other like cool tips like that? Because these are things that I wouldn't even think about. Like for me, I write, 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 and then I hit publish and I send it. These are just my emails. Like I don't blog all that much. Um, but now you're going into the this more like of an in-depth um, review of your work. But it's incredibly important to do. Are there other little sneaky things that you found out along the way that man, if I'd done that earlier, maybe this would have been better. Or if I had looked this way or written that way, this could have been better. Right. The, 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 uh, another great email that I sent out while I was in practice that people loved was uh, a couple of years ago, I went to uh, Patagonia and I went uh, and we did this incredible hike. We went to the top of this beautiful mountain, the Torres del Paine. It was just absolutely incredible. And you know, early on on the trek, it was like a five day trek. Um, early on in the very first day, I had uh, hurt my foot. And it was just so incredibly painful. And I used a mindfulness technique to kind of get me through it to just kind of, you know, numb the pain and dull it, um, along with some other cool, you know, naturopathic stuff and, you know, stuff that doctors do. But I used the mindfulness trick and it works really good. Um, and so, what I did was when I came back, I wrote that article um, about what I did. I included a picture of where I went um, and how it helped me. And people just loved it. They were talking about it for months when they were coming wow. in. So sharing something that's really you know, inspiring and that really stands out in your life um, is is a great way to kind of capture people's attention and but you again like you always want to make it about your reader don't make it about you it really I mean you should be in there and it should be obvious that you're in there but it's about them it's about yeah. the person on the receiving end of it um, you know so I, I draw a lot of influence and um, inspiration from artists in like all kinds of different disciplines. Uh, before I went to college, I thought I was going to be uh, a photographer. And my favorite photographer is Annie Leibowitz. She's an amazing uh, portrait photographer. If you, you've seen her work, I know you've seen her work, you just don't know it's her. Um, but when you see her work, it's, she doesn't have like one style. Yeah. She picks up on her subject. And then she just so perfectly captures her subject that when you look at it, you're like, whoa, I never looked at, I never looked at, at George Bush that way. Or I never looked at the white stripes that way. I never looked mm -hmm. at John, John Lennon and Yoko Ono that way, but oh my gosh, I feel like I'm, I know them. And so she, she sees that unique perspective of what her viewer wants to see mm -hmm. of the subject that she's writing about and she delivers so understand who's going to read this not everybody and who you want to read it for that matter yeah that's how you attract the ideal clients right you write this for this the people who want to read it mm -hmm. now i treat more people than just entrepreneurs and parents and the retired uh you know demographics there 
But those are the people I love working with a lot. And they like the mindfulness stuff and they like changing their lifestyle. They like Mm -hmm. the inspiration and they bring me inspiration. So by writing directly to them, like I think sometimes of a specific person, I think this person's going to like this. Yeah. And so I'll write it for them. Like I'm talking to them. That's another thing that's really, really important when you're writing is you need to have a, a pretty specific audience that you're talking to and being comfortable staying there right but your and your audience might change a little I don't think you want to vary it too mm-hmm. much because you don't want to come across too broad unless mm-hmm. you've got a nice email list that's you know divided up into these segments um, that might be okay but a lot of times when I'm writing I'm like this one is for my sister she's a flight attendant she's you know this age She's got two kids and her husband's a cop. That's who this is for. Yeah. This one is for this guy that comes to my practice and he's a retired professor and, you know, he's going to geek out on this certain aspect of what I'm going to write about. (laughs) I love that term geek out. I don't even know where that started, but I've been hearing that everywhere and everyone just uses it. I'm just like, oh my goodness, this is the funniest term I've ever heard. Yeah. And I think that's something I, I love to sometimes geek out a little bit. Um, I, I'm a, a total like uh, fan of mushroom hunting, like wild mushrooms going out in the wild and trying to identify them. And if they're edible, like bring them home and eat them. Um, and, you know, almost everyone thinks this is crazy because you have to be kind of insane to do it. And you have to be kind of obsessed with it um, to not die. And so <laughs> that's always the ideal outcome. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, but I write about it and it, but not from the perspective of another mushroom hunter necessarily of, Hey, here's this weird thing that I do. What kind of weird thing do you do? Mm-hmm. You know, kind of like, isn't that cool just to be kind of weird? Cause I think people like that, uh, that permission to be weird. And so if you, if you, express that or whatever your view is that you think somebody needs to um needs to hear you put that in your writing and find that way that you can say it because and find the way that only you can say it Mm -hmm. that's what's really valuable that's what makes somebody want to read your writing and not just go to the huffington post and look for the you know five foods you can eat to lose five pounds in two weeks or whatever yeah I love this. You are so (laughs) insightful on this and I'm just eating it up and I think it's so (laughs) fabulous, but so, it's so easy, but no one has ever explained it in such a wonderful way that you just did over this call. And I think it, and I love the part of you saying, pick one person, write to them because that cuts out so much noise that cuts out so much pressure to try to make this entire group love what you're writing. You say, you know what, today I'm writing to that mom that's had a shitty day and she wants to throw her kids outside and just leave them there. And I'm going to talk about my frustrations to that woman. And then tomorrow I'm going to talk to this man who, you know, loves his wife and wants to take her on a trip or whatever. And I think... Just for you to simplify that has made writing to me seem so much less threatening. And I hope to anybody who's listening 
seems so much less threatening as well. And also the idea of length, because I think people get so caught up in these thousand word articles. And to be quite honest with you, I've been asked to write for different magazines from a naturopathic perspective and they're asking 600 words or more. And I'm like, I can't, like I'm tapped out at 500. I don't have the capability to keep rambling on because I'm kind of right to the point. This is what we're talking about. This is kind of how it is. So I think also understanding that about yourself as a writer too, being like, you know what, I can ramble on and it sounds amazing or I'm going to be like Seth Godin and write four lines and it's going to, you know, kill it every time. So I just wanted to say thank you so much for being so honest and so, you know, even this call has been so captivating that the time has just flown by (laughs) and I've just been like enthralled in listening and watching you speak because you do it with such a passion um, and I think it's fabulous. So I just wanted to thank you for making such a daunting task seem not so scary to me at least. Right. And I, I know you get it, but I want to make sure that your listeners get it too. When you're writing for that mom that's had a shitty day, like think about the specific mom that you're writing to and write to that patient that you love working with. That's so rewarding to because it and pick out these patients as they come in your practice go I love working with that person and here's what lights them up write to them and you'll get more of them mm-hmm. yeah so good now Mike yeah. if people wanted to reach out to you what are some of the best ways for them to get in contact with you uh, the best way is probably to go through my website and just you know uh, give a little uh, go through the little submission form there. Uh, my website is upandupnd.com. Uh, so my clinic is called Up and Up Natural Medicine. Um, if you you know Google that, um, you'll find me. And there's a you know there's uh, a there's my blog there. If you want to like see more of what does this look like, mm-hmm. um, all the pictures on my website are pictures that either I took or that my wife took, um, and you know just in our travels. And so. That's another thing that, I mean, not everyone's a a photographer, right? And I'm not a a great photographer, but I'm okay. Um, Having a good camera helps. Yes, Um, which you you can write off. (laughs) Exactly. So (laughs) this is like, you know, it's just about, this is my practice. Here, I made this for you. If you like it, please come see me. If you don't like it, that's okay. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's, that's the best way to get in touch and to see more of kind of what I'm talking about. (laughs) Thank you again so much, Mike, for coming on the show and sharing all of your writing wisdom with us. And I hope people reach out to you and at least check out your writing style and see if it resonates with them. Um, Yeah, it was awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. I feel so, so honored to be invited uh, for this podcast. And I, I love listening to this podcast as well. So hey, yay, um, that's good. <laughs> I'm not just a guest. I'm a listener as well. Yay. <laughs> Another one's converted. <laughs> exactly. Awesome. Have a great day. You too. All right. Bye. 
Well, I think we can agree that writing is a little less scary now and all you have to do is take action. And as he said, just write to that one person that you want to talk to and make it very, very specific. And don't get dissuaded by any of the naysayers or those trolls that are out there because you don't want them in your office anyway. Um, and I know that you found this of tremendous value. I know that you're finding the podcast of tremendous value. And I'm sure there's other ways that I can help you grow your business, whether it's creating a strategy around your blogging and helping you execute it. Because more than anything else, it's not that we need ideas of what to do. It's that we need someone to hold us accountable so that we actually get things done. And this is why I have my 30-minute strategy call just for you and I to work one-on-one -on -one and get that blogging schedule or that editorial calendar set up for you. If you want someone to review your reading, I will absolutely do that with you. If you need someone to help you with the tech side of things, to get things launched and out there and you know help improve your likes and your shares, I can do that with you because that is why... I'm recording these podcasts is to help give you strategies and then, of course, to help you execute them with my 30-minute free call that you can book on my website, MaximizeBusiness.ca. Just go to the Work With Me tab and schedule your strategy session there or contact me directly in the contact form and we can set up a time that works best for you. Remember that this is completely free. It's just to help you create that actionable step that you can execute then on a weekly basis and, and actually take steps to grow your practice. Because I know for me, I have all the ideas in the world and unless somebody helps me create a plan, it is not going to happen. So go to MaximizeBusiness.ca, click on Work With Me and schedule that 30-minute call now. Of course, if you have topics or other ideas or things you would like me to share on the podcast, let me know. If you like these shows, please leave an iTunes review. The more reviews we get, the higher up it gets ranked and the more people we can get maximizing their practice as well. I'm Andrea Maxim with the Profitable Practice Podcast and I'm out. You guys are killer. Thank you as always for listening to the Profitable Practice Podcast. Leave me a comment and if you haven't already, I would love a review in iTunes. Definitely subscribe to this podcast and leave me a quick review. For those ready to maximize your practice, contact me at www.maximizedbusiness.ca.